Love it, boys. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Love it. Hey, energy. Uh, Strobes, uh, how was the uh, trip? Obviously, you probably wanted to get a few more points. You did salvage, uh, you know, the tie on, uh, on Saturday night. Always when you play the Gophers, that you know you're going to get the other team's best. What was what was your guys as a staff takeaway the, the series up in Minneapolis last weekend? Well, I think certainly disappointing on Friday. Um, you know, no no bones about it. We didn't play very well at all. We had 54 turnovers and. Um, to us, uh, it was not a very good video session on uh, Saturday morning going back into trying to salvage a split. Um, again, we, we have to really bear down on team defense. Uh, you know, goaltending needs to get cleaned up there a little bit as far as, um, you know, giving us a chance uh, in, in tough situations where you are getting pinned to your own end. But it's a buy-in. This whole thing is a buy-in. You have to, uh, you know, again – care about the guy next to you and play team defense to create your offense. And right now we're up and down and doing that. And until we, we change and we make the commitment, uh, you know, we're going to get some of these results. But, yeah, I was appreciative of the Saturday effort, I, the two goals down and then coming back to tie it and then winning it in a shootout show, did show some resilience. So we know it's within these kids. They just got to do it all the time. And, and Barry, you know, we talked about last week with the Notre Dame, you know, Saturday Night Loss, where you didn't get that point to, to Strosport. At least you do squeeze that point out of it because everything matters in the Big Ten standings, right? Yeah, yeah. And we, I mean, you knew it was going to be a, a tough series. We, we talked about, like I said last week, it doesn't matter where they are in the standings, it doesn't matter what Minnesota did. It was just a, it's a big rivalry series. So everyone gets up for the games. And when you go on the road, it's just the, you know, from what I saw Friday, and I think Strobes will say the same thing, it's just that you got to be really simple in the game, like the first 10 minutes, you know, and it just, because they're just coming out firing. I mean, they had, they had to win that game. They really did a lot of pressure up there. So you just got to be really, really simple. Make the, make the, make a pass. Don't try to beat anyone one-on-one, just a little outlet pass, get it in, dump it in, just sort of get that momentum going. And just, it just, a little bit backfired. I think the the boys tried to do a little too much uh, too soon in that Friday night, but you got to be happy with the way they rallied back because I, they're down two goals. You know, Saturday. I mean, it could have been a really tough, tough weekend, but to salvage, you get two points on uh, Saturday night out of three points. That was pretty good. Uh, visiting with our guy uh, Barry Richter and Associated Men's Head Hockey Coach Mark Strobel. We'll talk about desperate Strobes. Now we fast forward the tape to this weekend. Uh, the Michigan Wolverines come in. Certainly a down year for Michigan. Only one win um, coming in, in in conference play. Do you, just like Tiberi just said, I mean, if Minnesota, and he's right, I mean, sub-500 gopher team, you figured they were going to be desperate. What's your take on you know the Wolverines basically you know playing playing for desperation this weekend. Yeah, well, we're not going to take him lightly. I know I'm not, uh, or Tony and us, we're not going to prepare our team this week to take him lightly, that's for sure. But we, we definitely have to stay more focused on on our game and what's going on in our locker room right now. And um, for us, whoever we play in the Big Ten, we know it's going to be a challenge. We know it's going to probably be a one-goal game going into the third period. That's just how the Big Ten works. But, uh, again, I will continue to repeat myself. It comes down to execution it comes down to believing in each other and the will to win. And, and to me, that starts with buying in a team defense. You know, if we can't clean up our own end, which we haven't been able to do consistently all year, uh, you're going to have problems. And, and that that's you've seen kind of the yo-yo that we've been on because of that. So until uh, that happens and, and we hold them accountable to that, um, you know, I, I don't care who we play, really. It's got to it's gotta be how do the Badgers play and what is our identity and what is our relentless pursuit of, of excellence every day on and uh, off the ice? And for me, it, it's all one. It all carries over to each other. Let me ask both you guys this. I'll start with you, Barry, uh, because people don't realize, you know, the college hockey kind of goes dormant during the you know the Christmas break. So yeah. you have the series this weekend with, with, with the Wolverines, and then you go on the road to, to Michigan State, and then these guys are off for a month. How critical is this stretch of four to, to get not only get back in the race in the Big Ten, but to have some momentum? Because how bad would it be to obviously sit out for a month, basically, with, you know, riding a losing streak? Yeah, I've been on both ends where it's like, yeah, you want to make sure you go into the break on a positive note. You want to feel good about your game, uh, especially with, you know, finals coming up where the kids have to do some studying and, and you had, like you said, there's such a big layoff. It just, uh, either way, it can sort of weigh on your brain a little bit. So, you know, hopefully the boys can, uh, you know, take a hold of some things this weekend. You know, it's a Saturday-Sunday series, so a little bit different with a Sunday game right after the Packer game. So hopefully people can come out and watch the game on Sunday after the Packers mop up the Giants. Yeah, yeah. Huh? So a uh, little apple pie, a little, little pumpkin pie. A little pecan pie. Yep, yep, so, exactly. Strobes and Barry, let me ask you guys, with the holidays here, how does that affect 
you as it come to coaching and how it affected you guys as when you were players? Like, what is it like when you have the holidays, you want family, you want to see your family, but you're away and this and that, you got a game coming up. How do you stay focused? You know, when you're in this business, I, I don't, I hate to say it, I don't really think about the holidays. I think <laughs> right. about winning a game on Saturday, and then that's been my focus since uh, Saturday night in Minnesota, trying to regroup this group uh, mentally, physically, uh, being in the moment and, and having to figure out how to be ready Saturday night when the drop of the puck happens. Um, then you kind of fill in the holiday. You know, you kind of do it, in my opinion, as um, – you know, something that's just on the calendar because that's what society does. But for me, I've been hyper-focused, <laughs> man. It. I've been hyper-focused on trying man. to win yeah. some games uh, because I really feel this is very, very important. As Barry said, going into the break, you know, we need some wins here. We need to get back in the race. We need to prove to ourselves and each other that, you know, we are a good team and you can't keep talking about it. You have to do it, and it has to show up in the record, and it has to show up on the 60 or 65 minutes that we play, and, and that consistency has to carry over here um, week in and week out. we we got to put a streak together, bottom line. We haven't done that. And, um, you know, if it's four in a row or, or you know, three and one or, you know, six, one and one in your next eight, whatever it is, we have to start doing that. So, Strobes, let me ask you, like, if even if you're eating turkey on Thursday, it could be dry, you wouldn't even know because all you're thinking about is exit and O's on the ice? Exactly. You, you wouldn't even know what it tastes like? To be honest just with thinking... you, I put a turkey in last night. I had a 12-pounder in by myself, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and uh, there was a few that were up in the hockey office. So I grabbed one and I said, you know, I'm going to throw this thing in and have it for leftovers, you know, next week and, and thereafter. So, I don't know, man. You know, Thanksgiving could be yesterday, a week from now, three weeks from now. My Thanksgiving will be if we're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I'll be there we go. Laser All focus. Right. I love it. Like well, it. I mean, Barry, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I remember I, I had Christmas Day in the, in the dorms at Scranton Hall when I was at <laughs> Edinburgh University because, you know, you live in this sport, you know, or this time of year, if you play a sport, yeah. and you play at that level. I mean, you guys from the college to the pros, Thanksgiving, Christmas, I mean, you basically, and it's hell, Strobes, I, I can't get this dude to go to a golf outing in June because he's out watching some freaking hockey game in northern New York. I mean, the schedule, you guys just don't have an off day, right? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just it's just ramped up, you know, back uh, ever since the 80s and 90s, and every year it gets ramped up. You got, it's, a, it's a race to recruit. It's a race to, to do well, so there's, there's a lot going on, and you just, it, it's tough to take a step back and smell the roses and, and live life a little bit, so you got to feel for the coaches whether it's the hockey team basketball or football the other collegiate sports you just got to be constantly out there looking for the next piece of talent as well as worrying about your team so i get the fact that you can't uh you know you know you don't really look at holidays it's just totally yeah. different because that's your job and that's just what you know it's uh what it's what you do it, and, and that's the season of hockey it, right it's around it's around thanksgiving it's around christmas and sort of falls in between so strobes we've had some weird you know you had the thursday friday deal with penn state you played a game on halloween night speaking of holidays now you do saturday sunday i mean you are you a traditionalist friday saturday or do you like the sunday do you like the, the breaking up the monotony or you know i think i see here so many times in pro athletes they're creatures of habit right? You love that routine. Like, do you, do you not like getting out of the norm or are you okay with the Saturday Sunday deal? No, I'm fine. Hey, listen, they, they got a game on the schedule. I'd, I'd play three or four a week if we could, you know, uh, I just love the competition. And, uh, for me, it's, it's about whatever day it is, we need to show up and be ready to play and we need to make plays and, and you need to relish in that competition. And to me, these kids are so fortunate and blessed to play division one hockey at Wisconsin that, you know, you got Michigan rolling in, whether it is Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Sunday, whatever the dates are, you know, you should be amped up to, to play in front of your home crowd and be excited to uh, wear that Badger jersey and, and defend it at all costs, you know. So I, I don't I don't get into a lot of the overthinking of that and, you know, taking your pregame nap at this time or that. It's, <laughs> you know, you got to turn your brain on and turn your body on yeah. when it's go time. And when you see two referees out there and some people in the stands and now it's for real and there's points on the line, you know, however you get yourself amped up to go or get your teammate ready to go, that's that's what I'm all about. So, Strobes, how are you guys breaking it down? You know, you have, you have the weekend on Saturday and Sunday series. You got Michigan coming in. So how are you breaking it down? What are you guys focused on just from what you've seen so far from the team and development? What are the top three, four things that you guys are just pounding in on a constant basis that you got to do to get better? D-zone coverage 100%, and that's units of five. That's our forwards coming back and helping out our D. Uh, trying to, again, connect the D to the forwards, even through a neutral zone, uh, getting the pucks up to them quickly, and then uh, certainly protecting the puck. 
uh, when we when we do have it, not giving it up at the other team's blue line to get counterattacked against. And then I think again, I keep saying our goaltending has to be better. At eighty nine percent, we can't live with that at Wisconsin. And however that person, whether it's Lebedev or Barry, uh, or even Blomquist for that matter, they they have to take it upon themselves to say, you know, I got to be ninety one or ninety two. And if that's changing my mental routine, if that's taking more pucks in practice, uh, so be it. But a team needs to get bailed out sometimes by your goaltending, and I've seen that uh, other teams we played um, where you know we're pressuring. Well, this we're weekend, or, yeah, I mean, Minnesota. Weekend. I don't know if you guys watched. I mean, the Minnesota oh, yeah. goalie oh, yeah. was yeah. unbelievable. He, he, he was crazy. Red hot. Actually, that was sort of the. I thought that was a little bit How of do the you difference. Get a goalie dialed in like it, that, it, it is, and then even Kill Morris at Notre Dame. I mean, he stops four or five breakaways on Saturday, <laughs> some in the overtime to 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 hold serve. Yeah. You know, and to me. That position is is so critical, and we've we've always had great ones at Wisconsin. And for me, uh, you continue to search the world, and and uh, and we got to find one in the future here that's going to be that ninety two, ninety three percent. So when you do make a mistake, which kids do, uh, they bail you out, and they and they calm things down, and then you get a reset. You're you're not down to nothing. It's still zero zero, and it gives you a chance now to sit and uh, you know go back and and regroup, uh, if you will. So to me, that that has to get better. But overall, just believing in each other but trusting each other you know and again I'm not I'm not here to give excuses about young team this team we're a talented team we're, we're a team that needs to work hard all the time and not rest on paper we have to do it on the game all the time and guys that are checkers got to check guys that are scorers got to score guys uh, all have to buy into the back check and and to blocking shots and to making that commitment to winning uh, important all the time not just showing up and putting the jersey on and saying oh I play for the Badgers that's not good enough uh, we're we're expected to win here, and to me, that's that's why you come here, and that's all positions. Strobes, you could make so many T-shirts. Checkers got to check, scores got to score. Like <laughs> greasy, go. don't I, forget greasy goals. goals. Hey, Everything by the way, uh, Barry, uh, visiting with Barry Richter. I'm getting fired up just listening over and, here. And Mark Strobel, did you did you tell <laughs> Strobes the official trophy now of the uh, the Badger Golfers? Oh yeah, the golden uh, the bucket, the bucket of, of, the bucket of, of, of bucket mullet, mullet here. It's the Minnesota Wisconsin because we, series. We said last week, why does the why does the axe Strobes? Why does football get the X and hockey doesn't get anything? So we, as a Joe Nebo show, came up with a trophy. So you now play for the bucket of mullet hair. Okay, so is there actually hair in the bucket? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so when we win it in the future, when we carry it around the rink, is the hair going to fly out? Well, we're going to take it out. I I thought it was bronze, maybe. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you do? Well, I was thinking I was going to take it out, and I was going to drink the tears of my fallen victim. We were going to drink the tears of gopher fans out of the chalice. I think I came up with a good idea. That almost be too nice. Yeah, no. I I don't want to drink any (laughs) I think since hockey players kind of have pride in their mullet, the losing team has to shave their hair into the bucket. See, Strobes, and I thought this, like, do hockey players even need that validation? Do they need prizes for everything? Hockey players are tough, tough dudes. I don't think so. They never gave out a participation trophy in any youth hockey tournament, have they, Strobes? (laughs) No, no. Bull crap. Soccer moms, get your minivans out of here. I was still part of that group that we we played outside. So your the snowbank was uh, basically, you know, the uh, behind the boards where your feet sat. You know, you didn't have a you didn't have any bench or anything. You were just standing. Yeah, in the, you, snow the movie bank, Mystery Alaska was based on you over guys. The boards. Yeah, you jumped over the boards. Yeah, and jumped you, on the ice. You still had snow on your skates. And you guys while had to walk to up, skate it off uphill both ways to get to that <laughs> friggin' rink, man. <laughs> Absolutely, with t shirt on. Yeah, that said checkers and holes be checkers in your socks. and goalie uh. stop the puck and etc. Hey, before I let you guys go, you were talking about you know the the home stretch here before the first half break. Barry, give me your breakdown of the you know the Big Ten. Obviously, Penn State is looking really good right now. Notre Dame, you got you know got two top ten teams. Ohio State at eleven. Uh, Badgers just outside the top sixteen. Um, you know, what's your take, Barry, on the on the conference right now and where it sits? You know, as we get kind of the midway point of the season. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think still some things need to be shaken out a little bit. Like I said, it's uh, it's a little early, but then again, it. it Right now, uh, you know, for the Badgers, you know, and Strobes' team, they got to get some three-point wins. You got to get these whole wins going. You got to get some streaks going so you can rise up in the standings, because that's the difference, you know, in in uh, in the wins and losses in this conference. You know, if you win a whole game, it's three points. You lose at zero, so it's not like the two points that yeah, they normally yeah. do. So there's a lot on the line for each game, and if. Uh, if, if, if the boys can put a string together against uh, some teams and then also gives them zero, right? So it's almost like double the points in the games when they're playing in conference. So still some things to be shooken out a little bit, but obviously uh, the Big Ten Conference is strong. They got, I think, believe four in the top 16 right now. 
So hopefully the batters can crack that. Hopefully we can get uh, a couple wins here. Stroll, I need six points this weekend. Well, I think we got to play desperate. You know, I mean, we talk about that that mantra, that mentality. I mean, for us, like, what are we waiting for? You know, that's the bottom line is these guys got to sit and go, hey, every every weekend that goes by where you don't get points, you know, you're securing last place or or non-home ice, you know. And for me, that's the reality of this. It's so competitive that – you know, you gotta you gotta find a way to win three to two, four to three, two to one, and it's that it's that extra um, belief in each other, that extra play that has to be made, that extra block shot. You know, you got an open net on the back door and a power play. It's got to go in the net. You know, you can't fan on it. You can't miss four breakaways. So, you know, for me, it's going back to practice. Going, what are we doing every day then to train our minds and our bodies and our brains? And and staying positive to to execute, but also have that edge a little bit. You know, we it's it should be ornery this week. You know, it's not mm-hmm. good enough. It's not good enough. Well, I'll leave you guys with this. I am thankful yeah. for you, Mark Strobel, and I am thankful for you, Barry Richter. Thankful for the Joe and Ebo show. Yeah. Hey, love absolutely. You guys. Love you guys and too, Nelly. man. Don't really appreciate hey. it. Green bean casserole, yay or nay? Ooh. Barry, no lefsa for you. I guess uh, if there's enough salt on anything, I'll eat it. Oh, <laughs> salt. I was going to hook you guys up Underrated, underrated <laughs> side dish. Boys, I love you. Have a all great right, holiday. Right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks Here they Thanksgiving, are. you guys. Barry Richter, Mark Strobel, Badger Hockey on the ice Saturday and Sunday. A Wednesday edition. Uh, Nelson, did you wait using? for Rob. Same. Well, I'm excited for Robbie. Packer takes, Badger takes. What do you think he's more upset about, Aaron Rodgers or Greg Gard today? Wow. Probably Greg Gard. Greg Gard. I mean, Aaron Rodgers literally laid two turds in California, and no one has said a word about it. Robbie will, but it'll be more about Greg Gard from Rob Reichel. Not a big Badger basketball like who? No, he's a huge Badger basketball fan. That's a problem. No, I know. Not a big Badger basketball fan. Let me finish. Of your guy, Mount Notice. Like, has he commented on your updated Mount Notice? I don't know. He... I don't think he's seen it, but I'm sure he'll appreciate it. Uh, by the way, again, <laughs> if you missed the big news from yesterday that Ebo joined, are you, I mean, like, did you ever think that, did you ever consider Ebo that it would get to this? No, did you I ever never, keep no. It, like, was there ever a part of you when you said that you're like, well, what if they lose to New Mexico? Am I going to be like. I thought no universe of the Wisconsin Badgers who were two final fours, a NCAA championship game. All the winning, you know, two Sweet Sixteens, back to the tournament of Greg Gard. I never thought once that they would be losing to Richmond and then New Mexico in consecutive nights. I'll talk. I'll talk about the swing for me with this season. I was actually quite high with this Wisconsin team, thinking, "Oh, they get Ethan Happ off the court. It's going to open up. They'll be able to run the swing. They'll have scores. They have multiple guys that can score the basketball. Reavers is going to get better. Everyone's going to take a step here." This team's gonna be good. They're gonna this is a sweet sixteen ability in this team. Heck yeah, over twenty-three wins. I've never regretted a season total quicker than this Badgers season, and it was after the second game where they couldn't pull away from eastern Illinois. Do you think we retrospectively were too hard on Ethan Happ? Maybe maybe they could use Ethan Happ. Well, obviously they could use Ethan Happ. And by Ethan- the way, I agree with you. I thought the same thing because they were a one I mean, if he didn't have a good game, they didn't have a second option. But at least they had, they don't even have a first option Ethan right Hap now. Ethan was good at what he does. He was a great post oh God, for Wisconsin. Don't. Nelson got so mad at me yesterday. They didn't, Not once, but twice he, I heard. You he guys didn't got talk to fight? me for an hour because he said Ethan because I said Ethan Happ was good. Ethan Happ's a top five. I never five. said Ethan Happ was good. Ethan Happ's a top five badger of all time. Nelson got so <sighs> mad. He was a... Uh, uh, Nelson got so mad he wouldn't talk to me for an hour. When I left, I said, Nelson... I hope. What did I say, Nelson? Have fun looking up Ethan Hap sta- Ethan Hap stats and being mad. I'll see you tomorrow. And Ethan Hap's a top. Ethan Hap's a top five Badger of all time. Yeah, I never said he wasn't good. And I had to hear him saying he wasn't good. Never said that. Well, do you think uh, said I mean, he didn't I, improve? While I he was thought here. they would didn't improve. Think about that. I thought they would numbers. be better um, this year without He's an him. American. I, I don't know if they are, but are they better this year? I mean, without him, I'm saying like. Reavers looks like he could be great, but then he like he comes and goes, and I don't like they they just can't score the basketball, man. No, they don't. They don't have anyone to score. If they had Ethan Happ, they're winning those games. No, probably. There's no there's no person, no body 
to take control of the game during the stretch. That's definitely true. No one down the stretch will take control of the game to be the scorer. That was Ethan Happ. Well, everyone is hesitant. They're hesitant <clears throat> to pass the ball. They're hesitant to dribble the ball. They're hesitant to shoot the ball. Yeah, the I only mean, thing they they're don't... not hesitant to do is turn it over. Yeah, and 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 jock up a contested three with the shot clock hitting zero with no chance of shooting it from beyond NBA range because I can't get the ball down low. The Badgers, Nate Reavers has got to toughen up and start I, banging down low. You're a big man. Start acting like a big man. And outside of the last few years, that's good. how many Badger basketball recruits can you name that were high three stars, four stars, like pre-2015? Not many. And Greg Gard's getting all these guys. Reavers is a four. Davison is a four. Kobe King is a four. Yet they're playing some of the worst basketball. Tells me one thing. Well, so you're, you're, that's, you're saying Mount Notice was... Mount uh, Notice, hot seat, whatever you want to call it. Hey, I hear you guys like good stats, don't you? Love good stats. All right, would you say Lamar Jackson and the Ravens are the hottest team right now in the yes. NFL? Yes, yes. Okay, they're just putting up monster points the last three games. Bengals, Texans, Rams, they've scored like 40-plus points in all three of their last three games. Yes. Uh, they have punted twice... In the last three games, and Robert Griffin III was the quarterback because they were up so much they had already. Lamar Jackson, they have not punted when Lamar Jackson has been on the field the last three games. They're never punting. That's Think insane. About that. That's wild. No punts in three games with Lamar Jackson as quarterback. He good. Wow. He good. Uh, do you ever play I don't, this year or in years past, have you ever done the family turkey bowl? No. Never played a turkey bowl? No, we're too busy eating and drinking. Nelson, have you ever played a turkey bowl? Like football out in the yard? That Right, yes, football out in the yard. Maybe when I was like in middle school with cousins. Yeah, never did. You guys are boring, man. I got odds for how you can handicap your family's turkey bowl. Did you? Yeah. Yes, the turkey bowl? That's just un-American. Who'd you play against? Brother, Your sister? uncles, dad, cousins. I don't see it. The Miller family doesn't have that many athletic genes in it. I don't see it. Okay. Well, <laughs> wait, I can handy. I can tell you how to handicap your family turkey bowl. <laughs> Wisconsin is a favorite against Minnesota this yeah. weekend for Paul Bunyan's Axe. Badgers a two-point favorite. College football playoff rankings uh, came out uh, last night. They'll obviously have one more next Tuesday after the regular season does, and then the conference championship games. Next weekend, if you missed it, we had it earlier and gone in 60 seconds. Ohio State 1, LSU 2, so the top two flip-flop. Uh, Clemson stays at 3, Georgia at 4, Alabama 5, Utah moves up to 6, Oklahoma up to 7, Minnesota at 8 now, Baylor 9, Penn State the highest of the two loss teams at 10, Florida 11, and your Wisconsin Badgers is 12. I don't think anything past 12 matters because I don't think anybody is going to be in a conference championship game, nor can they leap from. So the, the basically the basement of teams, if you want to say Wisconsin, if you still want to consider Ebo and I eating a baseball, 12 is the bottom because Wisconsin is the lowest ranked team that could still make a conference championship game. Florida, by the way, at 11, which is weird, and Penn State at 10 cannot. So I don't know why so you why would are they have... Above them? Exactly. I don't know why you would have Penn State and Florida above Wisconsin when their season's done on Saturday. If Wisconsin wins, they have another game. Therefore, they have a chance to rank up higher. So that's kind of idiotic, in my opinion. I don't know that Wisconsin deserves to be in the top four ever. But if Penn State, who plays Rutgers, I don't even know who Florida plays, doesn't matter, they're done after Saturday. If Wisconsin beats Minnesota, two things, Ebo. A, that's a top 10 win, because you would beat the eighth-ranked team in the country on Saturday if you beat Minnesota. And two... You're playing in the conference championship game against now the number one ranked team in the country at Ohio State. There's a lot of interesting things on this list. Like why is why did Baylor get so high? Also, good question. Like, there's a lot of why is Baylor so high? Minnesota, we we picked it at eight, so yep. we already kind of knew that. And the teams that you just talked about, like Florida and Penn State, above like they can't play for anything. So I don't understand some of this. Nelson, yeah. who else did you say was receiving votes? Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State's now receiving votes for beating Oregon, Joe. Not a good team. They they actually can't finish with more wins than Illinois. <laughs> yeah, where's Illinois on this? Exactly. By the They're way, not uh, receiving any votes. Uh, for the rest it's of so the dumb. Big Ten, uh, Michigan's at 13 and Iowa's at 17. So 
Let me, yeah. First things first, let's start with the Big Ten point of this. Because to your point, Abel, I don't really have any problems with one through eight. I, I don't think you can argue one through eight. And I don't think Wisconsin has a claim at this point through one through eight. Now, obviously, that changes if you beat Minnesota. But yes, Baylor nine, Penn State 10, Florida 11. Let's just start with Penn State. Now, they lose to Ohio State. They did lose by a closer margin than Wisconsin did, and they've lost to Minnesota. Wisconsin has yet to play Minnesota. Do you both believe, I'll start with you, Ebo, do you believe Penn State should still be ranked ahead of Wisconsin? Um, Closer loss to Ohio State, did lose to an eighth-ranked team in the country by less than a touchdown in Minnesota, but they are out of it in the Big Ten West. But you could say I think they should be below Wisconsin because what what do they have to play for? They They can't win anything. They can't play for anything. So Wisconsin should be ahead of them. Uh, Nelson, do you think Penn State should be ranked ahead of Wisconsin? I think if you look at it as a collective season so far, I think it's fine with them being ahead of Wisconsin, but that should change drastically if Wisconsin beats Minnesota. Yeah, and so then there's the second part of that, which is, again, at Minnesota 8, Baylor 9, Penn State 10, Florida 11. If the Badgers win on Saturday, I think they immediately go to 8. The question then would be, if do they get above any of the, any of the other teams? Like obviously, if Alabama were to lose to Auburn, if Utah gets upset, if Oklahoma, by the way, plays at Oklahoma State, that could be upset alert. So the question would be, how high do you guys think the Badgers could get if they beat Minnesota on Saturday? Like Nelson, what's the highest? If everything breaks right, if Oklahoma loses, if Minnesota loses. What's the highest the Badgers do you think could get going into the Big Ten championship game next weekend if they beat Minnesota? If they beat Minnesota and everything broke right, man, probably about six. You think? Well, I think you got Bama could lose to Auburn. Oklahoma could lose to uh, Oklahoma State. Obviously, they take out Minnesota. And I think just by that, they hop Florida, Penn State, Baylor. Think if you're Minnesota, though. Minnesota, their strength of schedule is 68th in the country. Alabama's is 63rd. Minnesota has a win over a top 10 team in Penn State, and its loss came to number 17 Iowa on the road by four points. Alabama doesn't have a single victory over a ranked team, let alone a top 10 win. And its loss came at home against LSU when they're losing by 12 with 90 seconds left. Yet there they are sitting at fifth. Yeah. I mean, and that, that's, that's insane. The, if it, I'm Minnesota, I'm pissed. It, Auburn can right all their wrongs, killing my parlay a couple of weeks ago if they can beat <laughs> Alabama this week. Yeah, really, again, if you want to consider the craziness of Wisconsin getting into the discussion of the playoff, Nelson's right. I mean, if Auburn beats Alabama and if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, man, then it gets then it really does get interesting next week. Obviously, you still have to beat the number one ranked team in the country in Ohio State. But I will say this. Yes, Alabama's a three-point favorite against Auburn. And Oklahoma's a five-point favorite against Oklahoma State. So certainly within the margin of that, that wouldn't be a crazy ups. And by the way, both those teams playing on the road, Oklahoma and Alabama. So if both those teams were to lose and you take out Minnesota, that would be three teams in the top eight losing. I kind of feel like Ebo Nelson's like, I don't like you obviously wouldn't change the top six other than Alabama would leave. The question that would Wisconsin get as high as six? Because then you'd have Ohio State 1, LSU 2, Clemson 3, Georgia 4. Utah would probably slide up to number 5. And then would the Badgers then be the only other choice at number 6? If they beat just Minnesota Saturday. Well, if they beat Minnesota and Oklahoma and Alabama both lost. How surprised were you when you came in today or when the poll was released last night that Wisconsin didn't move? Yeah. The, the only thing I can Wisconsin argue, didn't move. I can't argue the top eight. The only question would be again Baylor, uh, Penn State, or Florida. And exactly. The difference with Baylor though is here's the thing with Baylor their their schedule's terrible too, but they have won their division, so they are in the the Big Twelve championship game. So I while I think Wisconsin's better than Baylor, I can at least understand that. What I can't ex- understand is Penn State and Florida because they're done. They are their season ends on Saturday, regardless if Penn State or Florida wins or loses. Wisconsin is one of the only teams left that can still play another game. And oh, by the way, they're the only team that would then play the number. If you have a win on your resume against the number one team in the country, Wisconsin's the only team left that would have that opportunity, other than Minnesota if they beat Wisconsin. But don't they say? I know they always talk about talk out of both sides of the mouse. But don't they talk about how they don't 
they don't do the poll rankings on projection of what's going to happen. They do it what Correct. has happened. Right. Does Wisconsin have when you hear the names of Penn State, Florida, and Wisconsin, who would you think gets more respect? Just hearing the name. Yeah, alone. we'd be we'd third for exactly. Sure. So that's why if all of it worked out and Wisconsin won and all the other scenarios broke up, Wisconsin Wisconsin will not be sixth because they don't have the name. Man, it's it, they didn't move. They didn't move. They didn't this, move in this poll. But okay, Nelson, to his point, and he's absolutely like you guys are right. acting like. And I love the optimism, but you're acting like Wisconsin gets respect nationally. No, and that, that's what you, Nelson. Do you buy that to what Ebo's saying? That because we're assuming that if Wisconsin beats Minnesota, they're gonna because Penn State's gonna beat uh, Rutgers. I think Florida plays Florida State. They're gonna so these teams aren't gonna lose. But do you think Wisconsin, to Ebo's point of lack of respect would and maybe it's deserved when you lose no, to Illinois. You lose Illinois. But would, Nelson, do you believe there's a chance that Wisconsin would leapfrog Penn State and or Florida or both even if both those teams win on Saturday as well? Oh, I think they the committee would have to leapfrog them because they're the only teams that can or the, they're the only team that can still continue to move up that board. Like you said, Penn State and Florida, they're done. That's the last time they can move at all. They won't be playing in championship Saturday. And maybe it's not that they need to have respect for Wisconsin. Maybe it's the fact that the college football playoff ranking committee has more respect for the Big Ten than it does for the Pac-12 or the Big 12. I think Wisconsin would move up, but they're not going to be sixth if it all works out. Okay, so where, and if you want to weigh in, Badger fans, 608-321-1670. You know, the, the, obviously the the other part of that would be we're are we well let me ask you guys this are we all assuming that Ohio State's gonna gonna roll over Michigan yes because that would obviously totally throw things off as well if somehow Michigan uh, wins a game it is in Ann Arbor Harbaugh's never never beat Ohio State Michigan is on a roll they haven't lost since the Badger game but do we really think Michigan has a chance Nelson do you think Michigan has any chance to beat Ohio State on Saturday no and I like Ohio State minus nine I think that's yeah. a pretty cheap line yeah I do too so I we're gonna keep Ohio State at one uh LSU is gonna destroy Mississippi Clemson's gonna destroy South Carolina Georgia's gonna win so I don't think the time Georgia ooh, Tech ooh, ooh. are you what? sure South Carolina they're a hell of a team they, from they, the they, SEC they, they, they knocked Georgia. off Georgia at home to me, it comes down to this. Obviously, we're assuming... Joe, they're really good. They're going to be on their couch next month instead of playing in a bowl. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, is Can Auburn beat Alabama, and can Oklahoma State beat Oklahoma? Because if you want to entertain Ebo eating a baseball, if either one of those teams, if Oklahoma or if Alabama wins this week, Nelson, do you say it's over for Ebo and I's chances of eating a baseball. Because I don't see how Wisconsin gets ahead of Oklahoma or Alabama if they both win. Is the baseball dining experience based on Alabama and or Oklahoma or both of them losing on Saturday? Yeah, I think you're gonna I think you're gonna need to see a in the next two weeks an LSU win out, Alabama lose to Auburn, and you're probably going to need Oregon to beat Utah and one of those Pac twelve teams to lose. Right, because here's the other crazy scenario. <laughs> what if, and we all agree that Ohio State's going to beat Michigan. What if Ohio State destroys Michigan, but Wisconsin beats Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game like 17-13, but Ohio State only has one loss? Are you really going to take two-loss Wisconsin who lost by 30 to Ohio State earlier in the season? See, that's why I think you need— I think Ohio State would still get in. Ohio wouldn't State they would, they would in. still pick Ohio State over Wisconsin. That's, that's why, why I think you need the Pac-12 and the Big 12 to kind of knock themselves out here. Right. And the SEC basically needs— LSU to win out and some upsets. Or you'd need Michigan to beat Ohio State because do you really think that the committee is going to take two Big Ten teams? No. Because that you, we were then be, we would be then banking this on Wisconsin beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. You have a win over the number one ranked team in the country. Well, we're going to get in now, but Ohio State's still going to get in. So the, the, the committee is going to take two Big Ten teams? No chance. It'll never happen. So I think not only does Alabama and Say that Oklahoma, again, Ebo. Oh, because then it will happen? Oh, I <laughs> Something see, that has yeah. never happened and never will happen. Evo, happened. The, college, no, the college football playoffs will never take two Big Ten teams. Say that there's no chance that Michigan can beat Ohio State. There's, there's, there's no chance ever in the world that Michigan will beat Ohio State. <laughs> Make some insane bet that if Michigan beats Ohio State, you're going to do there's something. No, you're going to run naked down Trader no Road. There's no chance that Joe Miller will ever get married again. <laughs> 
What will you do if if Michigan beats Ohio State on Saturday? I don't know. Party? Wear well, some no. khakis on Monday. Well, I'm just thinking like sex with robots, Mount Notice. Because I'm not. The last I'm not getting better. Nothing. I'm just doing it because you guys told me to. I gave in the peer pressure. Oh, okay. There's no oh. chance that Miller will stay sober tonight at Silk. Well, no, that, here's that's the, not, here's it, another thing. That's here. obvious. If Wisconsin was quote unquote Michigan and had that type of popularity, I think they're ninth right now in this poll. And you know they would take a Michigan-Ohio State Final Four if it did shake out that way. Um, yeah, I, look, I think you want clearly Auburn to win. I think clearly you want Oklahoma State to win. I think you, I think you got to root for for Harbaugh. I think you got to root for, uh, for for Captain Comeback. If Michigan wins, I think Wisconsin's back in this thing. Rob Reichel's official Green Bay Packers stance on green bean casserole. Go. Yeah, forget the Packers, right? Let's talk about green beans instead of Green Bay. Uh, no, thumbs down for me, big guys. Mm. Um, not, not a fan. My wife makes it every year. I beg her not to, but she, Robbie. She, she typically does the opposite of what I say. Anyhow, we both so. Well, yeah, we know that. Well, what did what did you think of that tweet from uh, And He says green bean casserole is as bad as the Badger basketball team. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, the Badger basketball team is probably worse because I. I'll be honest, guys. I will eat the green bean casserole. I'm almost to the point where I will not watch the UW men's basketball team. Robbie, Don't what leave. did you think? The back-to-back games losing to to Richmond <laughs> and New Mexico. Oof. Oof. You, you you don't have enough time, Evo. Let for, it out, Rob. To me to, to me to go on a nine-minute rant and then for us to still get into Packer talk. You know my feelings on this. The program has done nothing but gone south. Since uh, Mr. Ryan left five years ago, it, it continues to trend in that direction. It, it, this looks like an NIT team, and, and like I just told Nelson, the, the fan base is now to the point where the only thing they can hang their hat on at the end of the season is to say we beat Marquette. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sad state of affairs, and for the great program that was in back-to-back Final Fours in the national championship game as recently as 2015, the, the program should have continued, guys, to trend upward. It's gone the wrong direction. I, I think by now we have enough data and evidence to, to know where this head coach is leading things. So, well, go ahead. I just want to ask Rob one more thing about for, for Packers. Rob, you know, a lot of people say they won't talk politics during Thanksgiving because it's so divisive. <laughs> At your Thanksgiving, if someone were to say, I love Greg Gard, would that be worse than talking politics? No, politics still trumps okay, everything. Okay, okay, okay. I just had to ask. this state, Evo, is such a – such a hot button state. This is, this is always going to be one of the five major swing states. Um, I, I I think actually Greg Gard might be the one thing the majority of fans in this state can agree on, and people can agree on. I don't I don't I don't think there are that many people left on the Greg Gard side of the aisle, evil. So you know while while Republican Democrat might be fifty fifty split, I I don't think we're close to to a fifty fifty split right now on on Greg Gard. I, I would think it's three to one. You know, saying it's time for the athletic director to to grow up here and move on from them. Well, uh, I, I think that that would certainly be at one. I'm going to have to broach this at the Miller family Thanksgiving tomorrow, Robbie. And I will say this as far as NIT. So you're hanging out by yourself. Um, I, yeah, it's going to be my best friend and I uh, drinking booze. Um, no, uh, Rob, I was going to say I have plenty of uh, hashtag badgers to NIT shirts left over from my failed campaign five years ago. So um, I will, uh, if you want one, let me know. I can, I can hook you up with a hashtag badgers to NIT t-shirt. The way, the way they're trending, guys, you, you, you might need to change that hashtag to, like, CBI or whatever those, you know, second. Yeah, no, we tried that. You have to buy – we'd have to start a – go. you have to buy your way into those ones. It costs yeah. ten grand, right. so I would start right. a GoFundMe then to get into the CBI. The NIT, <laughs> you still get invited to. The CBI, you have to buy your way in. It's it, it's a miserable state of affairs, guys. It's almost, <laughs> back, it's almost back to the level of Steve Yoder and his 50 and 130 mark in the Big Ten. So, yeah, mm. it's, it's heading in that direction, guys. Uh, visiting with our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, uh, Forbes.com. All right, Robbie, we've had some time to process. Um, is it just, uh, you know, West Coast, you just, the, the Packers just don't have that good internal clock? Uh, is it we're just, you know, we're, we're, we're true Midwestern people? Because like, clearly going to California is not uh, the right call for uh, for Packer football this season, right? Joel, a, a Green Bay-San Francisco matchup, though, could be played on the moon. It could be played in the desert. It could be played at, at Lambeau Field. It could be played in the ocean. It doesn't matter. I mean, you, you pick you pick the location. Um, San Francisco is just far superior at the overwhelming majority of positions. Um, the, their their 
shoulders above Green Bay on the defensive side of the ball. They seem to have more playmakers. They were far better coached. Their, their quarterback was far more courageous through the course of that game than Green Bay's quarterback was. I mean, you add it all up. I, again, I, I've tipped my hat and given Brian Gutekunst many, many praise, uh, much great praise and props through the course of the season, guys, for for taking this roster from six nine and one to, to being eight and three right now. But but there is a significant gap. Maybe not a twenty nine point gap, guys. Uh, but I think there's at least a two-score gap right now between Green Bay and San Francisco, no matter, no matter where you put that game. I think I've told you guys before, you know, Green Bay, you know, I, I felt has obviously made strides and done a nice job kind of reversing the way things have gone the last couple of seasons. But but top to bottom, guys, they were not passing the eyeball test of an 8-2 football team. There, there was a lot um, in inside Green Bay's trunk there that, it, that you lifted and, and deciphered, uh, dissected deeper you saw a lot of various problems. Well, a lot of those were exposed, guys, in, in the 49ers game. Um, I just, I think Green Bay looks to me, guys, right now, uh, like a nice wild card team that will have a chance to say go to Dallas and pull an upset or something like that. But there, there's a, there's a pretty significant gap, I think, and there might be a gap, guys, between San Francisco now and the rest of the NFC. We'll, we'll find out. But, but I think Seattle's probably still in San Francisco's league, and then, and then there's the next tier of. Of probably New Orleans, Green Bay, Dallas, Minnesota, um, and, and Green Bay's got some work to do, guys. This this next off season to get to get up into the league where the 49ers are right now. Robbie, let me ask you. I mean, Lafleur goes against you know Kyle Shanahan, Salah, his brothers. There is it a Rodgers thing or is it Lafleur thing? Because Rodgers 161 yards uh, against the Chargers, 104 yards against the Niners, puts up 11 points against the Chargers, eight against the the Niners. And then you go look at Mariota under Matt LaFleur, and I don't know how much you have a QBR guy, but Matt LaFleur had Marcus Mariota at a 5.3.2 QBR. Aaron Rodgers right now, 5.3.5 under Matt LaFleur. Is it Rodgers playing poorly? Is it LaFleur? Is it, what is it? Well, I think what you've seen, guys, over the last few games um, is Rodgers reverting to how he played under Mike McCarthy, which is, which is holding the football too long, refusing to take chances. Guys, I mean, Joe, you grew up watching every Brett Favre game as well. And, and the one thing I always tip my hat to on Favre, guys, was he was at least going to go down firing. He was going to use every bullet in his holster. And if he threw six interceptions like he did against the Rams and they lost 42-17, to 17, who cares? Who cares if they lose 42-17, right, or 35-3? He's going to throw the ball and take some chances. And he didn't give a crap about what his final stats were. He, he, he just did not care. And the current quarterback cares deeply um, about what his statistics are every single week, about keeping his turnover uh, percentage extremely low, of, of having the lowest percentage of interceptions in the history of the league. He's had two last year. He's had two this year. And, guys, while that looks really good on paper, that, at times that, that, that can be a, a stat that, that isn't good. You do need your quarterback when you're down two or three scores to maybe throw a guy open, to maybe throw a football into traffic, not to take the simple check down or to take sacks, or after six, seven, eight seconds, flip the ball out of bounds in a, in a very cowardly manner. And and that's how Rodgers, guys, has played in the in the 49er game. It's how he played in the Chargers game. Um, I thought middle of the season, he and LaFleur had terrific chemistry and, and synchronicity in terms of, of where this offense was going. I, I think it's far too simplistic to say that this all is because Devontae Adams is back now and, and Rodgers has eyes for Adams only and things like that. This is a Rodgers problem right now, Evo, more than it is a LaFleur problem because this is how Rodgers played the last two, three years for the most part under Mike McCarthy, and they have to get him back kind of in line with what LaFleur wants to do with that position. I thought it was a Mike McCarthy problem all along. Huh, interesting. <laughs> uh, visiting with our Packer insider, Rob Reichel. So, Rob, okay, get get us back then on track because people say out of the remaining five games, four are winnable. You know, obviously everyone's circling the one game in Minneapolis as the maybe the landmine. Um, you know, two weeks ago, our, our guy Nelly here was circling this game, talking about the, the Giants game as a trap game, maybe assuming that the Packers win that game or even have a competitive loss with San Francisco. Going the way it did on Sunday, losing and just getting boat raced, do you think that changes things that the Packers aren't going to come out flat and listless on Sunday, that they got humbled, they got embarrassed, and they're going to beat up on a bad Giants team? Or are you worried that, you know, this this hangover is going to carry into, into Sunday? Joe, I think it extends to more than just saying, you know, a hangover, West Coast games, 
that they were lifeless or flat or whatever. I mean, you guys have watched this team enough to know that, that they have real significant problems on the roster. I mean, they can't stop the run. They can't cover tight ends, right? They don't have a wide receiver outside of Devontae Adams. They don't get Aaron Jones involved enough in the offense. They don't have a tight end that can separate. Um, Kevin King's a borderline disaster. There's there's a lot of problems, guys, with with this football team. And, and I think they have just as many as some of these dregs of society that are coming up on, on the schedule. They have, obviously, the two bottom feeders, in both the NFC East and in the NFC North. And and if Green Bay plays like it did when they went to Dallas earlier in the year and, and pulled that upset Joe or or the Raiders game at home or things like that, then yes, they're gonna be they're gonna beat these teams handily. Um, if if they play even close to the way they did at San Diego or I guess it's Los Angeles now, um, or in Santa Clara against the 49ers, these games are going to come down to last-second type field goals. I mean, the blueprint is out there right now, guys, for for how to beat for how to beat Green Bay and Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, people now not everybody has the personnel, especially off the edges, that the Chargers and the 49ers do in terms of putting pressure on him with four and and, and simple things like that. But um, I mean, Green Bay's talent level, guys, is not head and shoulders above some of these teams that are coming up on the schedule. I mean, you guys remember. They, they caught some breaks to beat the Lions 23-22 earlier this season, especially late in the game with those phantom, uh, you know, hands-to-the-face call against Flowers versus Bakhtiari. So, um, Joe, I, I, I certainly think they're going to get to 12-4. I, I would I would think they'll lose that Minnesota game. Um, but but there are no gimmies on the schedule right now for Green Bay, especially the way they've they've played here the last month. Those, those char- That Chargers game and that 49ers game, should be extremely concerning for everybody inside that building. Hey, before we get to your game day pick, and, and I think it, it looks, uh, Robbie, knock on wood, they avoided a serious catastrophe with Brian Balaga, but OMG, when he left and, you know, Alex Light is trying to block Nick Bosa, I mean, that was like a bad, like, sitcom. Like, how exposed is this Packer line and just, the, you know, the, the, the lack of depth? And, yeah, maybe the starting five is okay, but, man, oh, man, if they lose any of these guys, I mean, that that was just that, – that was egregiously bad on Sunday night. Is there anything they can do, or is that just, look, you, you, you every roster's thin, and you just hope like hell – that Brian Bulaga isn't seriously hurt because if he is, they're they're basically screwed at right tackle. No, you you absolutely hit it with the last part of that question, Joe. I mean, everybody is thin on the offensive line across the league. There are very very few teams that have a starting caliber third offensive tackle, uh, a backup center. Uh, I, I mean, it's rare when a team has a JT Treader sitting on the bench, right? Who's who's going to leave then and, and get eight million dollars in free agency and per year and, and things like that. And, and Green Bay's, you know, Green Bay's depth, guys, isn't horrible compared to the rest of the league. I, I think what they're going to do and what they have to do here is is um, make sure Light doesn't see the field again this year. They'll kick Turner out to, to right tackle and then move Painty to guard and go with a little more physicality inside. Now, that might not be a whole lot prettier, guys, but they're, I think they're going to at least give it a try uh, in the Giants game. But, but you're right, Joe, that's, you know, that injury to Belaga the other night, that Belaga takes a beating on social media and from the fan base and things like that about his injuries and breaking down and et cetera, et cetera. And, and some of that is fair, although, you know, for the most part, he's been pretty reliable the, the last couple of seasons. But I think the other night, guys, showed you uh, without question that, that they need to bring Brian Belaga back or, or certainly invest a, a first or a second round draft pick on, on the offensive line again. The problem is when the draft rolls around, guys, they're going to have about five or six needs that, that kind of trump offensive line. So, um, you know, Belong is a huge part of what they want to do moving forward. You're right, Joe. Um, I, I think they avoided a, a major catastrophe, a, a big scare there. They want to throw that line in. Well, hey, Robbie, but, you'll, uh, be, you'll be happy for yep. this, you know, sharing in the media profession, you know, you're sharing, you know, information. Nelly found a headline from Alex Light's hometown <laughs> newspaper that said, quote, Alex Light stunned to find out that he makes the Packers roster. So he j- it was the biggest story in his little tiny town in New Hampshire that he's from, that it was front-page news. He didn't even think he was going to make the Packers stunned. roster. It was the front of the town paper. Shocked. Yeah, and you know, if, and if Spriggs had worked out, guys, again, that, that's another failed draft, failed high draft pick, then, then a guy like Light isn't, isn't necessary on that roster right now. But, yeah, I mean, he, he outplayed Spriggs in, in camp, and, you know, Spriggs was dinged like he always is, and um, that, that's how Light eventually won the job. But, 
he's kind of the prototype guys right now, third or fourth tackle in the league. It's, it's probably a guy who's, you know, either either at the end of his career or or a newbie who feels fortunate to to be on a roster. Green Green Bay's not significantly different in terms of its old line depth, Joe, than uh, than anybody else in football. Which at the end of the day means that that depth is just isn't good enough. All right, prediction time. Packers holding right around a six and a half, seven point favorite in the Big Apple on Sunday. How do you see this thing playing out, Robbie? Yeah, I watched the Giants pretty close in that in that Bears game last week. They're, they're a bigger mess, guys, than, than Green Bay is. I, they stink. They've got enough weapons where I, I think they move the ball and score. And, uh, but, but I think Green Bay um, does plenty on offense, guys, to, to, to pick that defense apart. I'm going to go 30-20 Packers, Joe, and uh, Green Bay gets, gets back on track. But, but at the end of the day, you know, until they beat a really good football team, Joe, I know they beat some teams that are six and five and have you know slightly above five hundred record, but until they beat somebody in that 49ers game, Seahawks class, that game out in Santa Clara last week is going to linger with these guys for a long, long time. Hey, uh, go! I, I will be hungover on green bean casserole watching that game Sunday <laughs> afternoon, Yummy. Robbie. I think you'll be hungover on a lot of things. No, there's no uh, doubt yeah, about that. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks, Robbie. You guys have a great day. You too, buddy. There he is, our Packer insider, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. He's got a great story up right now about the Packers wide receiver problem that they have. And it is a big problem after Devontae Adams. The unfortunate scene we saw the last two days and you're uh, coming over to uh, to Mount Notice with Nelson and Greg Gard. Let me ask you this. what? Uh, I'll start with you, Nelson, since you started it, and Ebo, since you're on it. What, Nelson, does it take to get one off? Mount Notice. What does Greg Gard now have to do to be removed from Mount Notice? It's actually pretty easy, Joe, if you really think about it. I can sum it up with one word. Same. Win. Yeah, win. Well, W-I-N. I what, one win, two win? Like, if he beats uh, if he beats UW-Milwaukee, I don't think that's going to get him off Mount Notice. What does he need to do? Does he need to get into Big Ten? Does he need to win five in a row in the Big Ten? Does he need to beat Tennessee, who's one of the top You teams? need to finish like, fourth or better in the Big Ten. So he, he will not be on Mount Notice until March? Now, based on these two losses? Well, I mean, if you string some wins together, sure. I mean, he can get off Mount Notice, but he's still going to be towing the line. Yeah, I mean, you you still Joe, lost. Joe, he just lost to Richmond and New Mexico. They shot seven. They shot 7% from three-point land last night. They were terrible. I haven't even really heard your take on it at all. You just kind of told the line a little bit today I'm, about I'm just, it. I'm you just, haven't said one way or another. Um, Greg, the Wisconsin Badgers last night and the night before looked like the worst Bucky Badger team I have ever seen since my 31 years on this earth. Well, I will say this. It doesn't get any easier. They go at NC State next week for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I mean, they're probably not going to be an underdog in that. You do get them at home, but Indiana's undefeated. That's your Big Ten opener now. I would, Despite Rutgers be at 5-0, and I can't believe Rutgers has played anybody. I got to think that's yeah, a win. Yeah, but you keep saying they haven't played anybody. Wisconsin hasn't that's played true. anybody either. They currently they, have played no ranked teams. They played Richmond and New Mexico. If you were to ask anyone that, they would say they're nobodies. And don't they forget, lost to them. Don't forget McNeese State or Eastern Illinois and all these other blue bloods that we've named. They shot 9 of 53 from beyond the arc the last two games. That's... Terrible. They're awful. Well, I mean, right now at four and three, uh, again, NC State next week, Indiana Rutgers, UW Milwaukee. You have a non conference road game at Tennessee. Then you end, uh, you go back to non conference, you end it with Ryder at home. Then you obviously start first of the year uh, with Ohio State. You go all Big Ten games up until the Big Ten tournament. So, would, would, would it, if they got if they won okay you keep reading their schedule and you keep asking us questions what is your opinion on the Wisconsin Badger basketball team without reading the re- their schedule coming well, up? I'm trying to see where if they I'm trying to say that that's why I'm reading the schedule if they beat NC State Indiana and win at Tennessee if they got three wins in the next month through December I would I would say they're back or I would say Mount notice we we can remove Greg Garford no I don't think that's going to happen. I think Tennessee is a very good team, and I think NC State and Indiana are going to be a tough win. So, if they got three, if they got to January third playing Ohio State, and they have more than ten wins, if they have ten wins or more, well, guard be off Mount Notice. Then he would, I would think, you would because they'd probably be. Well, Mount Notice changes. Dude, I mean, he's on Mount Notice for the rest of the season. After that, you have to win at least the a rest of the season. Game. You have to 
win at least a tournament game? When's the last time they won a tournament game, Joe? It was three years ago. Okay, how about this? Nigel Hayes was still at Wisconsin. Now, certainly it could change, but as of right now, they go back-to-back games. They play on a Friday and a Monday against Maryland and Michigan State. Maryland's currently ranked fifth in the country. Michigan State's ranked third. What if they went back-to-back wins against Maryland, Michigan State? Nelson, would that be the same to you as winning a tournament game? That'd be pretty impressive. He'll get a golf clap. (laughs) you get the Jason Garrett clap? Dude, I mean, I can't stress this enough. They lost to Richmond and New Mexico. I saw Wisconsin in a Power Five conference. In the they're in the Big Ten. Wisconsin was in back-to-back Final Fours and a championship game not too long ago, and they've regressed so much. I tried so long to protect and defend my my great guard and my Badgers. I'm not calling for his job or anything. I'm just saying you're in Mount Notice right now. I'm helping Nelson chisel him out, <laughs> chiseling it out to give him a warning. Be like, dude, you got to get it right. Got to get it together. Joe, this is officially a movement. We have people donating money a and a GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe account. This. Someone started a GoFundMe. Uh, I, I will donate to that. This is yours. GoFundMe. Uh, well, donate to me first because you owe me money. Uh, 608-321-1670. Artie Hall, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Gentlemen, good morning. Hey, Artie. We're going to see you tonight at Silk, eh? No, but I'm I'm just thinking right now, I think there might be some chiseling out at the turkey dinner tonight, if you know what I mean. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm thankful that I found you guys at show this year. I just wish I had a job I could listen more often. Hey, quit your job. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have a, I do have the Mega Bucks winner tonight, there so maybe are. that's possible. Uh, in regards to Greg Gard, I didn't put him this year as having more than 15 wins from the get-go, so I'm not as disappointed yet. I think next year is a huge year as far as getting those recruits in the building and winning. Uh, but going to Vegas the first weekend and, or for the first NCAA weekend, I have no expectations of seeing Bucky there. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Bucky's going to be there right now. No, and as far as the Mount Notice, I'm not ready to fire guard yet, but I'm with you. We're getting to that point where whether it's guys leaving. Mount Notice, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nelson, but Artie, Mount Notice isn't about firing people. It's about giving them a wake-up call and be like, hey, get it right, get it together, correct? Yeah, it's closer to a hot seat. All right. Okay, good. I thought it was a a, a fire. I'm not ready to go there yet. Uh, I am going to say I am interested in seeing if Micah Potter helps out uh, coming in January because it feels like they missed somebody down They need a shooter. Yeah. You need something. Well, you guys have a great afternoon or evening. Uh, sorry I can't see you, and happy Thanksgiving to everybody. <laughs> yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, Artie. Oh, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Uh, yeah, I, I think you said I, I don't think it's it's a firing. It's it's just what it sounds like. It's If you don't get your act together, you're going to be fired, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't be regressing like this. You're Wisconsin basketball. How do you go from back-to-back Final Fours championship game to this? They scored 20. It was 20. They had 20 points at halftime and 10 turnovers. That's insane. How do you – you can't win basketball games. You have 20 points at halftime. You have 10 turnovers. It was uh, – it was a. I mean, look, it, it was as bad of uh, back-to-back days as Badger basketball is, uh, has ever had. This isn't about that we wouldn't do it. And part of me almost thinks, like, just doing it, like, raw would just make – ram the point home of the baseball – but, you know, you're hosting a Thanksgiving. What do you think? I mean, because I'm surprised on this green bean casserole not being better. I mean, people not loving on it. That's one where you and I are on the same page. Uh, what do you think? Just like a slathering of green bean casserole on a baseball. I mean, like I said before, I'm a man. I don't need to church this up. I'm going to eat the baseball. I'll eat it straight up right off the the whatever the hell it is in the inside. I'll just eat it like an apple. Yeah. <clears throat> I kind of like the chip idea. Yeah, I like the chip idea. I don't need to. I don't need to mask it or disguise well, of it. Not. I don't want to put anything on it. I feel like I'm cheating the bet. I would take it and make it into chips, like you said, or I just eat it like an apple. Um, I'd like to soften it up a little bit, maybe boil it or something. I think boiling it's the way to go. And then Nelson, I think are, you're lucky that you're you have the Northwoods. What is it? Two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight All Star game, game. Because if you had like a Major League Baseball from this last year, it'd be really it'd be juicy. A, it'd be a really hardcore. That'll be extra juicy, right? Because they juiced them. Yeah, they didn't have it juiced in 08. And then Nelson, are you supremely confident that if Wisconsin beats uh, Minnesota, they will leapfrog Penn State and or Alabama or uh, Florida? Because those will be the two that they don't play anymore after this week. Wisconsin won't have a game, but yet they're still ranked ahead of them, which is kind of weird. 
Because that would obviously screw things up majorly. Are you confident all the teams that will be done? Any team that's like if Oklahoma or if Baylor, any team that loses this week that would not have another game, are you supremely confident that Wisconsin will pass every team that is not playing in a conference championship game if it wins on Saturday against Minnesota? Do I think they will pass Florida, Penn State, Baylor, obviously Minnesota with a win against Minnesota? Yes, Yes. I do. Because if Baylor can jump five spots – that was weird. This week, beating a Texas team that has six wins, what will an, a 10 and one Minnesota team that's ranked number eight do? Why does Texas get that much respect? They're even talking about LSU. Well, they beat Texas at Texas. Texas has Texas se- six, six freaking five. wins. Oh. Illinois is better than Texas. Illinois will finish with more wins than Texas. Agreed. Welcome. Why, why does Georgia still get respect for beating a Notre Dame team that got smoked? Why does Oregon still have enough respect that Arizona State is getting votes now in the top 25? They just got their sixth win. They also can't finish with more wins than Illinois. Why do they even bother going to 25 for the college football playoffs? That's a good have question. Have you guys ever thought Stop about that? 10 or like, 12. why do you even bother? Right. Like, why, is, why are people voting for Arizona State? Why? Why? What's the point? Well, and to Nelson's point on the SEC and some of the, the lack of quality wins, I mean, like Georgia's the fourth-ranked team in the country. Their division, okay, you got Florida at 11. I think that's ridiculous. The, the team that's in third place right now in the SEC East is Tennessee. Didn't they lose, like, back-to-back games at home? They were, like, 30-point favorites. They lost favorites. to an FCS team right. this year. That's the third-best team in the SEC East. So Georgia is the fourth-ranked team in the country, playing teams like Tennessee, Kentucky, Missouri, Vanderbilt. Alabama's the fifth-ranked team in the country, playing teams like Arkansas, who fired their coach again. Ole Miss, who's got two wins. Mississippi State, it's got two wins. Like, yeah, LSU's a great team. Alabama's been great over the years. But after, like, two or three, the SEC stinks. Joe, why don't we mm-hmm. even – we'll even think about that a little bit more. We'll talk. We'll bring the ACC into this. You're talking about the fourth team in the country in Georgia. The team right ahead of them is Clemson. They play South Carolina in their quote-unquote rivalry game. You talked about how that's going to be a drubbing, yet the number four team lost to them at home. Who was Alabama even beat? No, Duke's their best win. Uh, That's terrible. Alabama does not have a single victory over a ranked team, let alone a top ten win. And and, and, And people will say... And that's where, you know, talking about Wisconsin or any other team not in the top three that, you know, Alabama's once again going to sit out the SEC championship game and put its feet up and get a bowl of popcorn and uh, an Arnold Palmer and watch the game and end up in the college football playoff, which is such crap. And it's like the same thing with Wisconsin, even at the Rose Bowl, like that the, the people are saying, well, Penn State's going to go to the Rose Bowl over Wisconsin because they'll have less losses. Well, but they didn't get to play. I mean, Wisconsin will play in one more game. If Wisconsin beats Minnesota and loses to Ohio State next week, I'm sorry. Wisconsin deserves the Rose Bowl over Penn State. Mm -hmm. Penn State, you had two chances to get to the Big Ten Championship game. You blew it. Too bad, so sad. Like, if Wisconsin loses next week, they should be in the the game on Saturday. Not only should be for the Big Ten West, not only should be for Paul Bunyan's ex, it should be for the Rose Bowl. Like, Penn State should not get to go to the Rose Bowl because they didn't have to play a game in the Big Ten Championship. That's crap. How about we get a little smarter and throw out these stupid divisions, the legends and leaders, the East and the West, whoever were the top two teams in the Big Ten at the end of the year. Boom, you two play. Don't don't have these stupid divisions. You couldn't even name them right to begin with. I I think it's leaders and legends. Well, that's just the worst thing ever. But yeah, because then people will say the Penn State supporters will say, "Whoa, but Penn State played a tougher schedule in Wisconsin." It's a rotating schedule. Some years, like look, this year Wisconsin had a tough schedule. Next Win year, your games. next year they 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 get the benefit again. Everybody said that Nebraska had the easiest schedule in history this year. They're not even going to be bowl eligible. Like you just you don't know until you play the games out. So yeah, to think that Alabama would be worthy of the college football playoff without playing next week. Or to think that Penn State would be worthy of the Rose Bowl over Wisconsin by sitting at home while Wisconsin's playing Ohio State for the second time—that's ridiculous. I know you guys kind of brush on the it. game Saturday should be at minimum for the Rose Bowl. Agreed. I know you guys kind of brush on it, but can someone explain to me why Baylor is better than 
Penn State, Florida, that's a, or makes Wisconsin. No sense. Or they Wisconsin. don't have one top twenty-five win. They haven't beaten anybody. And they're ninth. What do they? What do they do? Hey, they beat Rice at Rice twenty-one to thirteen. <laughs> Rice is one of the worst teams in college football. Baylor has no. Baylor would get beat by twenty-eight points by one of the top five teams in them: Michigan, Wisconsin, Penn State. Oh, Minnesota. Whoa, whoa. Joe, they did beat Texas, and that means something. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, no, I well, I hope you're right, Nelson. I think you're right. And then, like I said, we can have one hell of a debate next week on the merits of Wisconsin beating Ohio State. And would you would you say there's a chance? Because if you lose to Minnesota, it doesn't matter. But if you beat Minnesota and you leapfrog Penn State and you leapfrog Florida and you leapfrog Baylor and you come back next Tuesday and you're ranked eighth in the country playing the number one ranked team in the country for the Big Ten Championship, we got something to talk about at that point. I mean, we do. We'll see what happens. I still don't think I'd be eating a baseball, but I, now it's at least on the menu. It's it's you're at least looking. At I still it on think the menu. if Wisconsin were to beat Minnesota, then beat Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game, I bet you they still get left out. I say, like I said, I still don't think I'm eating a baseball. But at that point, baseball's on the menu. You are now at least looking at the menu, saying, "Do I want the do I want the beef Wellington or uh, do I want the baseball?" Hmm, decisions, decisions. I'd prefer the baseball because it means it's going to the college world playoffs.